0: R.C. Top 3, a weekly podcast of the top three stories from Regnum Christi. General Directive College launches Road to 2024 General Convention. Thy kingdom come. To all members of Regnum Christi. September 15th, 2022. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, On April 29th, 2024, the first General Convention of the Regno-Christi Federation will begin. Our path to the Convention is a time of grace, to live our charism with greater coherence and authenticity, to walk together in our confirmation with Christ as a spiritual family and apostolic body, and to renew our mission to pray. With this letter, we want to briefly present what the General Convention is and what its objectives, challenges, and expected fruits are, announce the three phases of its development, Briefly explain the first phase, which is now beginning, and urge each and everyone to pray, participate, and contribute their experience and vision of Regnum Christi throughout the process. What is a general convention? This event and its preparation have a legal description. See the Statutes of the Regnum Christi Federation, number 64 to 75, which we invite members to consult. It details the purposes, competencies, and tasks of the general convention and the territorial conventions. A general convention, as an event of the spirit, always involves three actions: enlightenment, discernment and action: See, judge and act. It's about listening to each other and all together listening to the Holy Spirit. It is about being a synod, about walking together and also walking according to one's own vocation. It is a Eucharistic, communal moment of the confirmation of each and every one of us in the body of Christ. It is about praying together, united in one faith and in one mission. It is, finally, about receiving a word from God about the needs of the Church and the world, with the aim of doing the will of the Father at this moment in history and from our charism. Perhaps the greatest challenge for us in this First General Convention is to meet the needs of the world— to attend to the existential peripheries that are closer to us than we usually think. We must listen and attend to the needs of our neighbor. We begin with the perennial council of the Church. Let us not block the action of the Holy Spirit. We are all called to participate in this process, each in a unique way, which he or she has yet to discover. What are the expected fruits of a General Convention? As an event of the Spirit, synodal, Eucharistic, and prayerful, the Convention must illuminate our Christian lives as apostles, as well as conclude with concrete decisions on the life and mission of Christi. It is a powerful moment in the life of the Kingdom, and it is about letting the Spirit blow the embers and stoke the fire of love, light, and the joy of the Gospel. What are the phases of this process? The preparation for the General Convention takes place in three phases that move their focus from the local level to the territorial level and, finally, to the general level. The local phase, the pillar of the life and mission of Regnum Christi, will begin in September 2022 and will last until July 2023. The territorial phase, with a meeting between localities and a forum to discuss issues common to all of them, will take place in the second half of 2023, and will conclude with the celebration of the Territorial Conventions. The General Phase, which involves a meeting to recognize and promote the presence of Christ throughout the world, culminates in the General Convention, which will begin on April 29, 2024, and will last approximately six days. The General Directive College, GDC, has created a Preparation Commission for the General Convention that will accompany the Territories, in their preparation of the local and territorial phases. There shall be direct communication between this committee and the committee set up in each territory. From this moment, all members are invited to participate in the local phase. This consists of an apostolic discernment of reality to take place within ordinary local life, encounters with Christ in study circles, team life, sections, and apostolate. From the General Directive College, we wanted to particularly support apostolic discernment through the Encounter with Christ, whose renewal we hope that the essay, The Encounter with Christ in the Life of Regnum Christi, will encourage. We also encourage all localities, in communion with their territorial governances and mission support offices, to be creative and dynamic, seeking other forms for the apostolic discernment of reality that illuminate the process. You can find all the materials for this phase on the website www.rcgeneralconvention.org We ask members of all the vocations that make up Regnum Christi to participate in these encounters with Christ in their teams and communities. We encourage you to invite members of other vocations to these meetings. If the maturity of the team or the community allows it, and its members consider it appropriate, they can invite others to the meetings who are not Regnum Christi members, but who understand and are close to Regnum Christi, or know well the realities about which we need to discern. It will be very beneficial for our discernment to understand other perspectives about Regnum Christi, the Church, the world, and the challenges of our time. Christ comes at every moment, in every place, here and now. He calls each and every one of us to participate, with confidence and joy, in the preparation of this first Regnum Christi General Convention. It offers us a time and a path of grace to continue our spiritual and apostolic renewal. We want to welcome, announce, and project the charism and mission of Regnum Christi, and we want to do it together with all of you. Today, as always, it is a question of responding to our call to holiness and of proclaiming the Kingdom of Christ to the hearts of all men and to society. Yours in Christ The General Directive College of Regnum Christi Father John Connor, L.C. Nancy Norden, Felix Gomez Rueda, Francisco Gomez, Alvaro Abayan. <music> Gina Chavez, new General Secretary for the Regnum Christi Federation. Gina Chavez is originally from Mexico City, and she has been a consecrated woman of Regnum Christi for 21 years. On July 13, 2022, she was appointed by the Regnum Christi General Directive College to be the General Secretary of the Regnum Christi Federation for the next three years. But who is Gina Chavez? To get to know her a little more, we asked her to share with us something about her life with us, her experiences, and her expectations of this new assignment in Regnum Christi. Gina, tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, where you're from. I'm from Mexico City, the oldest of six siblings, three boys and three girls. I come from a very close-knit, fun, loving family where I have known and experienced God, walked with Our Lady, and also practiced and shared the faith with my extended family of many uncles and cousins. In a particular way, in my first communion and as an ECYD member, I discovered the gift of friendship with Jesus Christ that captivated and made me fall in love with Him ever since. I went to Oxford College in Mexico City. I have always loved being active, playing ball, shot put, javelin, and discus throw, but mainly volleyball and basketball. I love and enjoy nature and music very much. In all of this, I have met people whom I admire and thank for their closeness, perseverance, and everything they have taught me on and off the court. These are friendships that I still have today. How did you meet Regnum Christie? And what has been your path within Regnum Christie? I entered Oxford College and studied there until I finished high school. In sixth grade, I met ECYD and made my promise of friendship to Christ. The experience of friendship with the girls, the team leader, and the consecrated women, especially the relationship with Christ and the joy they lived, caught my attention. Through them and the Eucharist, I knew and experienced Christ as a friend and His great love for me. His words, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Touched my life deeply, and I could say that it was what invited me to give my life as well. I was an ECYD team leader, an ECYD missionary, and I participated in Holy Week missions. I joined Regnum Christie in high school, and on August 22, 2001, I consecrated my life to the Lord in Regnum Christi. You have been asked to work on something new for you, to be General Secretary of Regnum Christi. How do you understand this mission, and how do you see your role in this new part of your life? The mission of Regnum Christi is vast and exciting. I am excited to discover the work and opportunities that will arise in helping the General Directive College to carry out this mission, as well as helping the areas and commissions that make up the General Directorate serve efficiently so that Christ reigns in and through Regnum Christi. In these past three years since the Regnum Christi Federation was established, what do you think are the most valuable lessons? What would you like to contribute to the general government of Regnum Christi? We have lived through difficult years in many ways, as well as living all the implications of being a true spiritual family. It seems to me that these years as a federation manifest the deep desire we have to follow Christ in the charism that He has given us, and they reveal to us the gift that each vocation offers to Regnum Christi's mission, more than the sum of the parts, each truly (music) complementary. Regnum Christi Spotlight featuring Father Ten Nguyen, L.C. Neither communism, nor the boat people ordeal at sea, nor pirates could drown out God's call for my life. For whom he calls, he also paves the way. My path began one fateful morning, on the shores of communist-controlled Vietnam. Using a raft hidden near the shore, my mother and some four dozen people also seeking to escape stealthily made their way from our home to where my father's boat was waiting for us. I was only two weeks old, and my mother held me tightly in her arms as we made our way to my father. The boat departed with my parents, their six children, and our friends. We only had enough food for one day and a daily ration of weak milk to sustain us for the journey. A storm at sea and a broken compass left us drifting aimlessly at sea, hoping to find land and nourishment. Fuel was low, and all of us were on the edge of survival when suddenly land appeared on the horizon. The citizens on the island welcomed us, kindly offered food, and let us know how to get to the refugee camp in Songla, Thailand. After a few days, we were able to head back out to sea. Not long after we departed, our little boat was overtaken by pirates. We watched them approaching and could do nothing to stop them. The pirates pillaged through our things and carried away what little we possessed. Thankfully, we escaped with our lives. Our hope that the pirates would be the last of our troubles were short-lived. When we arrived off the shore of Thailand, we were denied entry. My family spent the next two weeks living on our boat until Thailandese soldiers loaded us into trucks and ushered us to a location near their military camp. Here, in this open forest camp, I was cleansed by the waters of baptism. For the next four months, we awaited sponsorship from overseas. Once sponsorship was established, we were finally able to go to America to begin a new life. Not long after we moved to America, we learned that my father had cancer. He passed away in 1981, just a few years after arriving here. My mother now had the task of raising a family of eight children, one of whom was born only two weeks after my father died. Our faith took priority. For me, as I look back, my mother stood as a solitary pillar of faith, immersed in a culture, and mingled with a people whose language remained foreign to her. At my mother's knees, I learned and memorized prayers. Daily Mass was a joyful obligation. My mother led by example. She frequently attended Mass twice a day. Devotion to Mary had a special place. We prayed the Rosary often as a family. Our parish life was very lively. The parish youth group was very well attended and offered many activities. I remember attending one of the summer camps when I was eight years old and thoroughly enjoyed the dynamic activities and religious instructions that we were offered the zeal and self-donation of our parish priest had a positive impression on me concerning the priesthood the spiritual nurturing my mother provided equipped me for the more turbulent years awaiting me as a preteen i had grown increasingly rebellious i felt restless inside and sought fulfillment in something or someone that eluded me docility and discipline became progressively difficult soon i picked up the habit of smoking in private fun Pranks, shoplifting, and fistfights served to smother the desire for prayer or anything spiritual. One thing remained lit under the ashes, however. The conscience that my mother formed in me guided and protected me from tumbling into more serious moral pitfalls. In the summer of 1987, I met my first legionary priest, Father Anthony Bannon. He was seated in our living room, in a circle with some minor seminarians from the Immaculate Conception Apostolic School, ICUS, with my mom and my older brother, who would enter Icus that summer. A glow of happiness and peace radiated from this priest. His demeanor really captivated me. When my mother returned from the airport, she said to one of my older brothers, I'd like Tan to try out the minor seminary in three years when he's old enough. My brother said to her in reply, I really doubt they'd accept a troublemaker like him. Shortly after this, Another brother sat down beside my mom. She repeated the same thought to him, and he said, They wouldn't accept the wise guy. Even if they do, they won't put up with him for more than a year, Mom. Those comments made a big impression on me, and confirmed to me that I had some changing to do. Right then and there, I resolved to prove them wrong. When the time came to apply to ICUS, I was concerned that my grades would not be good enough to be accepted. I was very discouraged until my brother reminded me that I should put it all in God's hands. Not long after that, I was on my way to Icas in New Hampshire. I was twelve years old and had no idea what the experience would be like, but I was confident I was where God wanted me to be. The words once heard by the prophet Jeremiah would echo in my ears and remind me that my vocation and strength come from God. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, Before you were born, I dedicated you, a prophet to the nations I appointed you. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 God calls whom he wishes. I have been greatly blessed to be among those he has chosen. Thanks to the providence of God, to the loving formation, centered on God's will no matter what, imparted by my mom, and the zeal of Father Bannon and many other people, I was able to chance upon a pearl invisible to human eyes. He gave me the grace to give up everything in exchange for this pearl. For more resources, visit www.regnumchristi.org or download the Regnum Christi English app today.